morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. So today we're continuing with our series on my story, Eyewitness Accounts of Jesus. And so today we're looking at Thomas, the disciple Thomas. And so we have nicknamed him over the last 2,000 years as Doubting Thomas. That's who he is in a way unfairly known as. So what is a Doubting Thomas? A person who is skeptical and refuses to believe something without proof. Now, I was in company quite recently and a person asked me, Sean, has God put his hand on your shoulder and spoken to you? In other words, what this person was asking was, why do you believe what you believe and how do you know that what you believe is real? What proof do you have that the God you believe in is real? And that was kind of like what I think was this person was alluding to. And so I was a little bit put on the spot and I really had to think about that question because, hmm, have I had an encounter with God where he has put his hand on my shoulder and spoken to me in a physical way face to face? And I have to say the answer is no. I don't think there are many people who could say yes to a kind of experience or encounter like that. And whilst I can't say God has, you know, not spoken to me like physically, face to face, and maybe there are people who've had experiences like that, I can honestly say that I believe God has put his hand upon my life, spiritually speaking, and spoken to me, whether it has been directly through his like word or through a circumstance. And as Julian said last week, more often than not, God speaks to us through another person. And I'm sure we can all identify with that. And so I know that I know that I know that spiritually speaking, God has definitely spoken to me and been involved in my life. And whether that is to like get my attention, give me a sense of direction in my life, or to encourage me, or to speak to me, that has definitely have been too many circumstances where I can say, mm, I don't think God is real because of my personal relationship and experiences with him. So, I have really had the privilege as a young child to go to Sunday school, youth groups and kids clubs and heard the stories of Jesus and heard about God and learned parts of the Bible, that has really blessed me and equipped me and helped me to kind of learn and understand about God from a very young age. Even though my family weren't churchgoers or religious or we'd never really practiced Christian things at home, we didn't say, you know, prayers at mealtimes, they never went to church themselves. However, later on, in life they found faith for themselves which is amazing and so I really do feel that I really know for me that God is real and there have been like I said too many times um, where I have heard from God through like I said different means through other people through the Bible through a preach through a talk through a, a podcast through nature through a dream I have had so many dreams in the last 30 40 years where I can honestly say that that wasn't just a funny dream a strange dream a vivid dream there's been like more of a spiritual message in a dream whether it was for myself or for somebody else and as I have shared that dream with others wisely and prayed about it you know there's been a connection there's been a oh yes that's 
definitely for me. Thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. And that has happened a lot. Often God speaks to me through like nature and through obviously his word, through a verse, a character. And there are so many ways God speaks to us and even through people in this room where you've dropped a text or a WhatsApp or you've uh, said you were praying for me and God, you felt God say something about something and you've had the you know, courage to share that with me, that has spoken into my life, encouraged me, directed me, kept me going. And we can all experience those things from other people who faithfully pray for you and bring you what they feel God is speaking to them about you and for you in an encouraging and edifying way. Because when we hear from God for other people, it's often and more often than not to like encourage us sometimes in a dip, as Chloe was saying this morning, when we're a bit flat or a bit deflated or circumstances have discouraged us. And often, you know, God will send a message to you through another person that loves him and is open to him to be encouraged. And so that is very real. Maybe through an angel once or twice, I can't confirm, and certainly through answers to prayer. And so, as I am sure many of us can say, we know that we know that we know that all of this is real. Jesus came to this earth, he died on the cross for us that we can have everything that we've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, now and forever forgiven. We can have a relationship with him. We have the hope of eternity to live with him and live on this earth for him with his help, living inside of us through his Holy Spirit right now. We know that we know that all this is true and we have given our lives for it. And that is the essence of the message of Jesus and why he came. But all of that being said, does that mean I and you don't have doubts sometimes? Anybody never doubted that what you believe is true and real? And so when life is jogging along nicely and we are experiencing like the Holy Spirit in a real tangible way, we are really feeling God's presence, God is speaking to us through his word or we are really connecting when things are going well, when we've had an amazing provision that we've been praying for, maybe we've experienced a healing in our lives or in the life of somebody we know, maybe we've had an answered prayer. It's so much easier to believe and not have doubts in those moments, isn't it? But when the rough times come, when the tough times come, when our bubble wrap gets popped, very often that is when the little doubts can set in. And we can all turn into a doubting Thomas. And so that is where it can sometimes start. It's like a little seed of doubt. Or it can come like a cascading wave of doubt. And so sometimes we just deal and have doubts just like our dear friend Thomas from 2,000 years ago, who lived and breathed his life on this earth with Jesus in the flesh, who saw the miracles, who saw the healings, who you know, had all these amazing encounters, and yet he still doubted. And so I think we can take encouragement from Thomas today. I think we can really identify with this chap and learn from him and be encouraged by his story as well. Okay, so 
I'm fresh back from a big food festival, and I've camped, and I'm surprised I could get on the stage. I didn't take a ground sheet with me or an airbed, so I've slept on a stony ground for uh, the last day or so. So, yeah, and I did 20,000 steps yesterday. So I'm, you know, quite impressed I'm standing here today. Okay, where are we? So... When things aren't changing, or when our prayers just aren't being answered, or we just don't feel and understand like we see other people connecting and being able to like hear from God, and that's when sometimes we can become doubtful and experience these seasons. And sometimes these seeds of doubt can affect us, but sometimes we can just go for a big swim in our big sea of doubt. And so on that encouraging note, let's look at our friend Thomas, or Didymus as he was called. And so what do we know about this chap? What do we know about Thomas? Well, he's listed a few, you know, quite a few times, but actually we don't know a great deal about him. And, you know, he really does get a bit of a bad rap, doesn't he? Because he kind of doubted that Jesus raised from the dead, as his fellow disciples were claiming, for like a week. And yet for the last 2,000 years, he's been labelled and nicknamed Doubting Thomas, just for that week. And for the rest of his life, he is known as Believing Thomas. And when we see how he lived his life and how he you know, went on, and all of these disciples, you know, how they went on to live their lives after Jesus left this earth, you know, physically speaking, it is amazing, because that is what really strengthens my faith, is to read and hear, you know, sometimes the historical accounts, but the, the facts in the Bible, that the way these guys went on to live their life, so sold out for Jesus, so sold out in their faith, so believing, so sure of the facts and the reality, because they had seen and witnessed the eyewitnesses of Jesus. And so sometimes it's, it's harder then, isn't it, for those who haven't seen, and we'll come on to that in a minute, and so those things really give me hope. And because as we know, some of these disciples you know, ended up being martyred for their faith. And I don't think you would go easily to martyrdom if you were a little bit unsure of what you believed in, would you? You know, we hear stories and you know, historical accounts of you know, the way they had perhaps you know, gone on to serve and preach and take the message of Jesus to you know, all these different countries you know, around where they were from. And they travelled and they set up churches and you know talked about the amazing stories of Jesus and the miracles and they saw the transformative power of the Holy Spirit moving in and through them, and they saw lives change and all these amazing things. Yet there was still opposition. They were still hated, wanted people just like the Jews and just like you know the religious leaders at the time wanted Jesus as a dead man. And yet we see that they were sold out and they lived their lives. And some of them would have gone on to be crucified. Some have been known to have been, um, you know, speared. Or, and, you know, John was boiled in oil. He miraculously escaped. But you think, God, they really went through some stuff, didn't they? Because of their faith and belief in Jesus. And it's amazing. And you think, well, gosh, if they didn't really know or was sure, then why would you live your life so sold out and, you know, risk those things? And so, so Thomas was one of the 12 disciples, and we don't know a great deal about him, but in John 11, we read an account that really portrays Thomas with courage and loyalty and really believing in who Jesus said and was claiming he was. And that is where we're going to read now. And then later on in John, further on, we really read about his human struggle with doubt 
And so we can see in Thomas how he was like fervent, believing, courageous, really going for. This man is like, you know, real. He's the real deal. He is who he says he is. And then a few, you know, verses on, we read that actually he had his doubts as well. So when Jesus was this like already a wanted man and his life was at risk, and if he had returned back to Judea after his friend, as June talked about last week, Lazarus, he, you know, rose from the dead, Thomas courageously tells the other disciples, his fellow disciples, that they should all go back with Jesus. And no matter what was going to happen, we will die with him. And here we see his courage and his belief and his strong faith in who Jesus was. And in verse 16, it says, Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go with him that we may die with him. And so here we see his loyalty, his strong belief in Jesus, and his courage. And we're really familiar with this story, aren't we, of Martha and Mary and Lazarus, Jesus' friends who we hang out with, chilled with, taught, spent time with, rested with. And so word gets back to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, so please come back and make it better. But Jesus delays for his return, not by accident, but for the benefit of the disciples' is faith. And so the miracle that was about to happen would be one of the most spectacular recorded in the Gospels. So the purpose for Jesus' miracles was like to act as a signpost to say that like God is real, and here am I, God in the flesh, on the earth, doing these miracles that no one else can do. And so it was like proof and a signpost that Jesus was here on earth completing his mission and he was real. And so they head back to Bethany where the religious leaders want to kill him. And there with Lazarus's mourning sisters and a crowd, he raises Lazarus, calls him out of the grave and he had already been there four days. And it's really amazing, isn't it, that, you know, this is where Jesus teaches, he uses this amazing miracle to teach that he is the resurrection and the life, and that whoever believes in him will never really die if they believe in him, and for all of those who live for him will never die, and for all of those that die, even though they die physically, will live and will never, you know, die forever spiritually. And it's ironic, really, isn't it, that here, you know, Thomas, who we assume was with Jesus at this time, he must have been in awe of what he was witnessing with his own eyes. And then further on, we really see him struggling with doubt about Jesus' own resurrection, having seen him bring back to life a man who had already been dead for four days. And like Junior said last week, four days in a hot country, in a cool tomb, embalmed in spices, we leave that there. And so basically, unlike accounts today, where we read of people who've been pronounced dead for like five minutes, 11 minutes, an hour, I mean, four days, that is one amazing miracle, isn't it? One amazing miracle. And so in this story of Lazarus being brought back to life, Jesus speaks one of the most powerful messages ever, that whoever believes in him will receive a spiritual life that even physical death can never take away. And that is what we have when we put our faith in Jesus, a spiritual life that can never be taken away in death. And so he shows his disciples, his cynics, the watching world, that he had the power over death, which is essential to our faith as people who believe in Jesus today. It is not the end. There is more beyond the grave. The question is, 
Where will we be? Where will we be? And so let's not allow our doubts to stop us believing. Come like a child, a simple belief in Jesus. And it's great to be one of those people who needs the facts and needs the proof and the historical evidence. And all of those things are there when we look for them. That's why Alpha is such an amazing tool to help us understand and to learn and to find out and to ask those deep questions of life. But don't leave it too late. And so to close, we're going to fast forward now to the death and resurrection of Jesus, which we read about in John 20, verses 24 to 29. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, oh my goodness, what a day to be out. Have you ever like been out shopping, popped out for bread, popped to the supermarket, and you've gone home and you know, somebody you perhaps live with or a neighbour said, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so just called, you just missed them. Have you ever been in that circumstance? Oh, I really, really would have loved to have seen that person. I would have loved to have seen that relative or that friend who I haven't seen in ages who was just passing by and thought they'd pop in for a quick chat and a cup of tea and to say hello. Oh, how disappointing to have not been there. But obviously we can see that this is for a purpose for us in a way. And so the disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my hand into the side, I will never believe. Now, are you one of those people? Are you that person? Do you know people like that? I will never believe in all that old, irrelevant to my life stuff unless God appears to me, unless God speaks to me face to face, or does this for me, or does that for me, I will never believe. And eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Oh, it'd be great to have a body like that. Can you imagine what petrol money would save? And just being able to like, you know, just appear anywhere. Be amazing, especially now. Okay, and so Jesus was there. He was among them, and Thomas was there this time. And then he says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, and you can just imagine his reaction. He probably didn't even need to like touch his wounds. He probably just fell to his knees, and he said, my Lord and my God, And wow, what a sense of relief for Thomas. What a sense of joy and confirmation to who he really thought Jesus was, but he he was just grappling with these doubts. And there, what a moment in the presence of the risen Jesus, his Lord, his rabbi, his saviour, and his friend. What a moment. Scars and all. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? And this is the line for us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Yeah? Oh, honestly, sometimes you just wish Jesus would just walk through the door and sit down and have a cup of tea with you, wouldn't we? But we are blessed because we have not seen, but yet we still believe. So in some ways, we are like stronger in our faith than these disciples who like lived every day with Jesus for three years. Isn't it? We kind of have that ultra test of doubt and ultra test of faith because we have not seen. And so he makes, let's find out, how did Jesus respond to Thomas? 
Well, it's like he made an extra journey, an extra visit. He made a special appearance for him. He came to Thomas on his level. He didn't tell him off, oh, you of little faith. He didn't like humiliate him. He saw that deep down in Thomas's heart that Thomas really, really did want to believe. He was just a human, wired, like many of us are wired, need proof, need this, need that, need to see, need to be sure. And that's totally normal and natural. And he saw that deep down in Thomas's heart that he really wanted to believe. And we can all relate to Thomas. And we may be a little bit like skeptical or unsure. We may have lots of questions, but deep down inside, we want to believe in something. We want to know that there is something more than this. We want to know, we want to believe, but we just, our skepticism, our doubts, just are such a hindrance to us. But you know, we know that we want to know for ourselves that God is real, not just from other people's experiences and other people's stories and books and accounts and coming to church and hearing somebody say about their experiences. You know, you and I, and we all want our own experiences, don't we? We all want our own encounters, our own close relationship with Jesus, to know that he is with us, he is real, his presence is there. We can come to him with anything. We never need to be alone. We can trust him with our lives. And so he can turn our skepticism into belief. Just come to him with your questions. Come to him with your doubts. God is full of compassion and grace. And he welcomes us with open arms as we put our trust in him. And in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it says this, For we walk by, not by. And this is so true, isn't it? You know, just, it's so difficult sometimes to like really believe because we aren't seeing or hearing or having those prayers answered. But we walk by faith, not by sight. And in some ways we're more blessed because we have not seen but still believe. Let us all take heart as we consider Thomas today. Let's change his nickname from Doubting Thomas to Courageous Thomas to Loyal Thomas to Believing Thomas. And let us be the same, believing, loyal, and courageous as we believe in God and continue to live out our faith and to serve God, even with those doubts that can sometimes niggle us or become you know, evident in the back of our minds sometimes. And let's do that. And in Hebrews, as Chloe said the same this today, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in this ever so changing world we are in right now, as believers in Jesus, we really can anchor our lives and anchor our faith deep because Jesus does not change. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. And we can continue in that certainty as we move forward in our lives, trusting. So I want to encourage you this morning, be like Thomas. Don't stay in doubt, but move on from doubt to belief. Not because we have seen or experienced, but because we believe. And we live by faith, not by sight. 
And I want to encourage you as well, as we kind of journey in our Christian faith, and if we're just pondering and asking those questions and we're not sure, sign up for Alpha. It's so amazing to just be in a safe place. You don't even have to be there in person. You can do things online, and we can find out and ask our questions in a safe place and to trusted people. So I want to encourage you, if you are watching today and you really deep down want to believe, but you're not sure and you have doubts and you're a bit skeptical, you know, sign up for Alpha. And for those of us who are here today and we've believed for years or it's all new and fresh to us, I just want to encourage you to anchor yourself, to keep praying, to keep believing and draw near to God because it says as we draw near to God, he draws, we have become more aware of his presence. And I was in a talk yesterday at this festival and they were talking about digital minimalism. And this has become such a buzzword now because we're all so dependent on our screens and our phones and technology just to just kind of put those things aside and to just go back to reading the good old book, to be, go back to just spending time with no distractions, no notifications, no bells and whistles, you know, calling for your time all the time and your attention, because these apps that we are all dealing with every day are designed to hold our face there for as long as is physically possible until we drop off to sleep looking at our phone stuck to our nose. And so I want to encourage you, you know, not just the young people, because I am just as bad as my kids, if not worse sometimes, scrolling. And sometimes we just get so distracted and we wonder, well, why am I feeling God? Why am I like not, you know, why am I restless? Why am I doubting? Because sometimes we just do not do the simple things, those things that encourage our spirits, that build our faith, that, you know, warm us up that connect us to each other and to the Lord because we are just not spending that time with him or putting that effort in or being open to him and reading and worshipping and praying are the three foundational, fundamental things, whether we've been a Christian two minutes or 40 years or whatever, those things are like the lifeline for us as believers, especially in this day where so many people are searching, asking questions. You know, let us be those people that bring this message of hope into people's lives. And talk about these people who lived 2,000 years ago who have the same issues and the same doubts and the same things that we do today. Because whilst culture has changed, the human heart hasn't. We are all the same. And so Jesus is the same. And so let's uh, close and pray. I just want to encourage you now just to sit for a few moments before we rush off in head of this day. And just take a deep breath and invite the Holy Spirit to once again refresh your soul, speak into your heart, Speak into your mind. And sometimes, as believers, we can pray for somebody or God may bring somebody on our mind and we can think, oh, I haven't thought about that person for a while. I wonder what you want to say to that person this week. I want to encourage you to ask God to give you an encouragement for somebody who just might really need it this week. That that person would know, gosh, God, you are real, you are there, because that's just what I needed to hear, just the right time. Thank you for giving that person that sense, that dream, that verse, that encouragement for me. 
And let us all continue to be aware that God uses us to draw and to encourage and to speak into other people's lives as well. So Holy Spirit, we give you our lives fresh this morning. Help us with our doubts, our skepticism, and fill us with the power that you have for us today. That is you through your Holy Spirit. Encourage our hearts. And I pray for every person in this room. Lord, I pray for healing to come to those niggly parts in their bodies that they've been praying for for years. In the name of Jesus. I pray for those prayers that just keep bouncing off a wall, we think, to just have answers, solutions, in Jesus' name. We pray for those people that we love in our lives, who are skeptical, I will not believe, until I have proof that you would speak to those people through a dream, through something they see on their phone, a podcast, a verse, a, a worship song, that somehow, Lord, you would use technology for your glory in the lives of the people out there. And that we really would see these people that we love come to know you, not doubting, like Thomas for those eight days, but believing because they have experienced you in Jesus name so Lord be with us this week help us Lord in our doubts and encourage our hearts and help us to be aware for other people in the name of Jesus amen